1: strengthened in their faith, and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah,
2: the Son of God. Bless the Lord, and welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us. with the Volks. My name is Shelley.
3: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
2: It's a privilege to be with you as we conclude this week of teaching, and the teaching is centered on the second of the fall feasts, particularly, specifically the Day of Atonement. In Hebrew, it's Yom, which means day, Kippur, which means covering. So this was the day that the sins of the people of Israel were covered. I encourage you to read through Leviticus chapter 23, which speaks of all the fall feasts, and in particular regarding Yom Kippur chapter 16 in the book of Leviticus. And the most significant thing that was done by the high priest uh, involves the two goats that were used on the day of atonement if we look at chapter 16 leviticus i draw your attention to verse 15 then he meaning the priest shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering which is for the people and bring its blood inside the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat So there was the shedding of blood. This was a foreshadowing of Jesus shedding his blood on the cross. Okay, but go on with me to the other goat, which was called the scapegoat. In chapter 16 of Leviticus, we read in verse 21, "'Then Aaron shall lay both of his hands "'on the head of the live goat,' the scapegoat, "'and confess over it all the the iniquities "'of the sons of Israel, "'all their transgressions in regard to all their sins,' And he shall lay them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who stands in readiness. So we see in the second goat, the scapegoat, that the sins were laid upon him and he was taken out into the wilderness. This is exactly what happened to Jesus on the cross. Our sins were laid on him. So it was sin on him and he shed his blood. This was the fullness of what God was doing with our Jewish people on the Day of Atonement.
3: And uh, a scarlet ribbon was put around the scapegoat's neck. And as Aaron released the goat into the wilderness, the scarlet ribbon would turn white, which was a sign to Aaron and the people of Israel that God accepted that atonement for their sin through the shedding of the blood of the other goat. But after Jesus went to the cross and died for us, that ribbon that was put around the goat's neck never turned white again. So Jesus was our atonement for our sin, our transgression, and our iniquity.
2: We also read from Psalm 32, the first two verses, which says, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven! whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Junie, as I read it, you know what? I think that if those things are still in us, our spirits are going to be deceived. We won't have the the clarity that we need if we're still walking in those things.
3: And you know, Shelley, we went through Isaiah 53, certain verses to see. Isaiah 53 uh, really shows A picture of the Messiah to come and I know our rabbis believe that it is also about Israel and to a certain point Israel has suffered for being God's people but also for their sin and Jesus never sinned so if we look at these verses I beginning with Isaiah 53 verse 5 he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised For our iniquities. Verse
2: 6 says, The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all.
3: Verse 10 says, When then shall make its soul an offering for sin. Jesus' soul
2: was an offering for our sin. And verse 11 says, For he shall bear their iniquities. And verse 12 says, He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So we see what a picture the Lord presented by the use of the high priest on the holy, in the Holy of Holies. The only day the priest could commune with God in the Holy of Holies. It was a very, very sacred time. But the problem is, it had to be done every year. So this was a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to accomplish. Forever. Forever. A once and for all sacrifice. In Exodus 34, 6 and 7 we read, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression and sin. So this was a very, very significant day for our Jewish people. And one day when Israel shall come to the fullness that God is calling them to, and fulfill their destiny to be a nation that will bless all other nations, there will be the completion of the Day of Atonement when our chosen people, our kinsmen, will look upon him whom they have pierced and mourn for him as an only son. A spirit of supplication will be poured out on our Jewish people and they will then become a blessing to the entire world. So we're living in very exciting times, June, and we have to come to that understanding. In Jeremiah 50, verse 20, it says, In those days and at that time, declares the Lord, search will be made for the iniquity of Israel, but there will be none, and for the sins of Judah, but they will not be found, for I shall pardon those whom I leave as a remnant. Hallelujah. There's going to be a remnant of our people left after the time of Jacob's trouble, June, and they will be cleansed, and as it says in Romans eleven twenty six, all Israel shall be saved. Glory and, be to God. And
3: there's a remnant church. Yes. Those who God gives the burden for Israel and the Jewish people because the prophets warn that God will treat the nations as the nations treated Israel.
2: Amen. So I said before that um, the Day of Atonement is the middle of the three appointed times in the fall. The first one you'll recall is the Feast of Trumpets, the sounding of the trumpet. And really, Junie, I believe now that there is a trumpet sound going forth from the Lord because we are in the final stages of this last age.
3: And it's also known in Hebrew as Rosh Hashanah, which is the head, and it is the beginning of a new year.
2: You know, there's a verse, Junie, I think perhaps we could begin to close with it, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, 6, it says, The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed or dwelt long enough at this mountain. And you know, I see a kind of malaise in the overall atmosphere of the church, that we get used to where we are. We seek our own comfort zone. Uh, and we're not progressing. And I believe because of the day and the age that we're living in, we need we no longer can stay in our comfort zone, but God is going to raise up a church that will come to the fullness and be a uh, they will be able to provoke our Jewish people to jealousy in a time of great distress.
3: And you know, Shelley, all of the feasts were very significant times for the church as well. Like the spring feasts were um, the death and resurrection of the Lord, as well as Pentateuch, which is Shavuot, where uh, the fire of God came in tongues and and the people were baptized. Uh, by the Holy Spirit and with fire and we see in the uh, fall feast that when Moses spoke to the Lord when he went to give the law it was the fire of God that he saw in the burning bush on Mount Sinai or known as Horeb as well or it could be a different mountain in the groups of mountains. Theologians aren't even sure, Shelley. Uh, they they even um, suspect because they saw fire almost like volcanoes, like it was a volcano. And and it's really amazing because the fire of God, Shelley, is what we need today as believers—not a fire that destroys, but a fire that purges our iniquity a fire that cleanses our sin, a fire that uh, burns in our hearts so we will not transgress against the law. And so we see, Shelley, transgressing against the law, or I should say the Lord, because when we sin, we sin against God. So the fire of God is very significant in this time of year, and we know, Shelley, with the sacrifice which cannot be given today, we need to remember the fire of God, the burnt offering that Jesus was for us.
2: And you know, there's a real progression, Junie, in the feast. You referred to Passover. That's really the first major feast. That was deliverance out of bondage. Egypt is a picture of the world, but God brought them out of that. Then there was the Feast of first fruits, which is really the resurrection of Jesus. Then came Pentecost 50 days later. Shavuot. Shavuot, right. And now we're talking about, as we did uh, last week, the the Feast of Trumpets, the sounding of the trumpet. And we know the first time the trumpet sounded was when God came down on Mount Sinai. And we know the last trumpet sound is going to... Declare to the world that the Lord himself comes back to earth so it's a preparation and then we have the preparation so we have to make a we have to have that atonement for our sins to prepare us for what comes after this and what's the last and final appointed time of the Lord it's the feast of tabernacles a great ingathering this is the time when Jew and Gentile become truly one new man in the Messiah when And, Junie, incidentally, it says that all nations in the kingdom of God, in the millennial reign, will be called to come up and worship the Lord in Israel, in Jerusalem, on the Feast of Tabernacles.
3: And you know, Shelley, if we go to Psalm 51, we know when Jesus returns, he will be the greater David and uh, sit on the throne of David. But he cried out, David, in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted
2: to Hallelujah. you. Bless the Lord. Well, as is our tradition on Fridays, we like to... Identify ourselves with our Jewish kinsmen by reciting the Shema. Because of the Shabbat. Yes. And if you know it, say it along with us. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel,
3: the Lord,
2: our God, the Lord is one father at this special time of the year lord we pray for our jewish kinsmen yes
3: lord open their eyes lord
2: that they would see jesus they would understand who you are and what they've done for him let them see in the foreshadowing as they go through the exercise of going into the synagogue and reading certain prayers that there's something more needed and that something more is that someone the great messiah the holy one of israel who died on the cross for their sins. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you
1: for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784. Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784. Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And